Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're absolutely delighted that you are here. We're continuing our series today called Prayer First. So why don't you go ahead and stand with me. Uh, today we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. We're talking about the prayer of surrender. Uh, so if you'll stand with me, we'll recite the Lord's Prayer together. It'll be on the screen behind me. You ready? Let's do it. Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, before you see it, would you just turn around to somebody and say, it's going to be good today. Just go ahead and tell them that right now, all right? It's going to be good, and you can be seated. <clears throat> As, we, as we've been talking about praying the Lord's Prayer, listen, this is a prayer that Jesus answers, okay, because it's a, or God answers because it's a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. He said, when you pray, pray like this. So I, every day, pray the Lord's Prayer, and I want to teach you this. So that's why we're going phrase by phrase, what they mean. So we talked about in the beginning, remember we said, Our Father. As we said, our Father, this is a meaning. What's those three words underneath our Father? What does it say? That's right. God is for me. God is for me. He's for you. He's for me. And then we said, the next phrase we said was, hallowed be your name. And we said that means what? You ready? Giving respect to God. That's exactly what it means. So we say, hallowed be your name. We're thinking, God, your name deserves respect. And then we, this phrase that we want to talk about today is actually the phrase where it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But what I want you to focus on is your will be done. And that the phrase that I want you to remember is this. Okay, I want you to get ready. You ready for your hands? Here we go. I want you to do this with me. When we read, your will be done, I want you to say, Have your way, God, with your hands. Would you do that with me? You ready? Come on, let's try it. Your will be done. Have your way, God. Come on, let's try it one more time. You ready? Your will be done. Have your way, God. And that's what we're saying. Have your way. That's what your will uh, done means. Your will be done means. As a matter of fact, as you read this prayer, you notice it says, your kingdom come, your will be done, which I would say to you that those statements are really the same. When you talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is wherever the will of God is done. Do you understand that? Like right now in heaven, we have in heaven, the, the, the kingdom of God is, is there in heaven. Why? Because the will of God is there. 
So here's what I want you to know. The reason it can come on earth, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is because wherever the people of God that are doing the will of God are actually part of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense to you? So when you're a born-again believer, when you're a Christ follower, and you're doing your very best to live by God's word, and God's will is, is working inside of you, and you're living it out, guess what? You are the kingdom of God. You're part of the kingdom of God. Wherever the will of God is done, that is the kingdom of God. And so remember that. Now, I want to preface this by saying this. You know, some people say when something bad happens, they will say, well, that must have been God's will. I want to tell you, that is not true at all. God's will is not always done on earth. Do you agree with that? Matter of fact, listen, God gives us free will, right? Free will, that means that we can do what we choose to do regardless of what God says. We, we are all in agreement with that? Okay, so that means if God gives me free will, that means I can choose to do evil or I can choose to do God's will, right? Okay, I, I have the choice, and everybody has the choice. And many times, many people override God's will, and they do their own, do their own will, and it becomes something bad, right? That's where murder and rape and all that stuff come into play, stealing and killing. It's when people override God's will, and they do their will. So just because something bad happens does not mean at all it is God's will. That was not God's plan at all. And someone overrode God's will. Does that make sense to you? And so we understand that the will of God is good. And God wants the good for, best for all of us. All of us. By the way, we are doing this series called Prayer First. If I haven't said that already. And I have my uh, armband. I hope you're wearing yours to remind you to pray first. To pray first. So... So anyways, it's the will of God is where the kingdom of God is taking place. So I want to give you a couple things today because we want to talk about surrendering our will to God, right? Because that's what it's all about. If the kingdom of God and the will of God is going to be done in my life, that means I've got to lay down my will and I've got to take up God's will. That's how it happens. And so how are we going to do that? So I want to give you some things. What surrendering, God, I'm sorry, surrendering to Jesus means a couple things. And here's about four things I want to share with you today. But before I share one of those, just let me tell you this. I almost forgot. Do you know, how many of you would like to have your stress reduced? Let me see your hand. Okay, that's about all of us. The things I'm going to teach you today are stress reduction. They are principles that are right out of God's Word that will help you. If you will apply them, will reduce your stress. Will do more for you than your mother-in-law moving out. Okay, I know that doesn't apply to anybody. All right, here we go. So here we go. So surrendering to Jesus means, number one, is letting go of control. Letting go of control. You should write that down. Every day, you have a decision to make. Every day. Your decision that you have to make every day, and I have to make every day, is this. Is I'm going, am I going to be in control of my life today or is God going to be in control of my life? Who's going to be in control? And I can tell you that, you know, here's a way that you know that when you're taking over control again is when you say whatever, where you say it to yourself or you say it to your friend, you say this, I know what the Bible says, but. The moment that you insert your but into that situation, you got a problem, Right? 
Because the moment that you do that, you say, okay, I know what the Bible says, but, and you do your own thing, you are taking control, you are saying, I know what's better than God, and I'm going to do what I think is better, and it's better than God. So I actually am becoming my own God at this moment. You're taking control from God. And let me just say this to you. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I think God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to do this. Here's what I want you to know. Yeah, God does want you. God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. That means that when you, you can live your life with no regrets. You see, because what we think is, is happiness just for temporary, the momentary happiness that we think, you know, like, hey, you know what, all of a sudden, you know, you see what you think is Mrs. Wright and Mr. Wright, and you already are married, hello, and you see them at your office or at your work or maybe at your kids' ball games or, or somewhere else, you see them, and all of a sudden when you get around, you get those little good feelings, and all of a sudden you think, well, if I was just with them, I would be happy. And if you follow your feelings and you follow your will, then you're going to make a mistake and you're going to end up having a relationship with that person and guess what you're going to live in regret the rest of your life that's why your will is dangerous God's will is safe it's holy that means healthy and so that's why we pursue God's will because my will is fleeting and it's misleading too because what I think is right or what I think is good because it feels good that it's not always good do you agree with that now, don't you agree with that? I mean, that, man, what feels good is not always good. It feels good to eat a whole half gallon of chocolate ice cream, doesn't it? Mm, that, that, that sounds good, but the results of after eating that is not good, right? Okay, we have a mess on our hands. <laughs> Never mind, let's move on. So, but stress and relief always comes from trusting God. You will never know how great God is until you learn to let go and let God be in control. The Bible says this in uh, Psalms 46.10. We're going to read these first four words of this verse, and I want you to read them out loud like you, like you mean it, all right? Let's read these first four words out loud. You ready? Here we go. Be still and know. Come on, one more time. Be still and know. Be still and know. What are we going to know? It says, be still and know that I am who? Okay, so he didn't, I didn't see your name right there. I'm sorry. Maybe I missed it. Did you see, I didn't see my name. That, be still and know that Jeff is God. It doesn't say that. Be still and know. God is saying this. Be still and know that I am God. Notice what he goes on to say. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exhausted, exalted in the earth. I will be exhausted if I try to be God. <laughs> I almost said that, didn't I? Be still. In the, in the Hebrew, this phrase simply means this. To be still, it simply means to let go, to calm down, to chill out, to relax. Be still. Now, listen. Let me get you a picture here. How many of you have ever been around a little toddler that's uh, fidgety? You know what I'm saying? Just fidgety. Just fidgety. How many of you have ever tried to put a toddler to bed? Let me see your hands. All right? Okay. Now, now we're getting there. All right? We know. What do, you, what do you constantly threaten that kid's life over? Be still, right? Why? Because you know if you can ever get them still, they're going to do what? They're going to they're gonna go to sleep and you're going to get some sleep, right? But, but so we're constantly telling that kid, be still. Why? Because we know that once they calm down, once they relax, once they quit fighting it, once they let go, 
They're going to know rest. And God says to you, be still. Calm down. Relax. Why? Because when you be still, you're going to know. What are you going to know? I'm God. You're never going to know. You're never going to you're never going to know that God is God until you let go of control. Listen, you can't control your husband, you can't control your wife, you can't control your children, you can't control who gets promoted on your job. You can't control all those things are out of your control. And the more that you try to control them, the more out of hand and the more stressed your life is going to be. You have to be still and know that he's God and let go. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. There's two of us here that agree with that. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you this. I am a control freak. I have been. God have, has, has working in my life on this. My kids, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I'm this guy, control. No, you're going to do what's right. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And I, listen, I'm all, always on the phone with them, texting them. Are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And guess what? God had to move them out of my house before God could even talk to them. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I was thinking, God, I was like, praise God, they're moving out, they're doing good. No, God said, listen, Jeff, I've got to move them away from you so I can talk to them because you're playing God. You see, as long as I was constantly on them, on them, on them, on them, on them, you need to do this, you need to do that, constantly, 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 constantly doing that, God couldn't even talk to them. As long, as long as you're trying to be God in somebody else's life, God can't talk to them. So the biggest problem is you. Not them. You can pray, 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 pray. Oh, God, help them, help them, God. And as soon as you get off your knees, you go in there and start playing God. God, why aren't you answering? God, why am I so stressed out? I'll tell you why. It's because you're playing God. You're controlling. You have to let it go. It's amazing this week, you know, my son sent me a text. He's been moved out a while. Dad, pray for me. I'm like, oh my God, is this the wrong number here? Hello. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I'm talking about, man, I'm like, I had to do a double take. Is this the right number here? The name popped up. Are you my son? Hello. Pray for me. I prayed for him. I sent him back the memory verse I'm giving you because I had memorized it. And I didn't know what his response would be, but his response was, Thank you, Dad. I love you. Why? Because, see, I had to let go. I had to learn to let go. And whatever you're holding on to, God cannot work. And you are trying to be God. And so listen, some of you are controlling like me. You're over-dominating. But listen, some of you are being so passive. Some of you are trying to control your spouse by, you know, by, keeping, by being nice to them and doing all this kind of stuff. You're trying, to be, uh, you're trying to control them as well. In other words, if I give them what they want, they won't be upset. So that's controlling. And you're miserable because you're afraid if, if you quit being, you know, the kind of person you need to be, then they're not going to like you. And you're stressed out. 
Be still and what? Come on, let's say it again. Be still and... Come on, one more time. Be still and... So let go and you will know. But you're never going to know as long as you're holding on. Okay. Romans 8 and 6 says this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Leads to death, right? But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and? Didn't you say you wanted less stress? So we got to let God control it, right? And you have, it takes faith to do that, right? It takes faith to let go and let God, and it scares us to death. Because what if God doesn't show up? It takes faith. Reminds me of... Um, of a story I heard a while back, uh, this nun was driving her car to uh, an appointment, and she ran out of gas. And so she looked at her car, she was trying to find a gas container, she couldn't find anything, but she did have a bedpan. So she walked up to the service station, it wasn't too far away, and uh, the owner there did not have a gas can himself, and so she said, sir, all I have is this bedpan. He's like, ma'am, it is unlawful for us to put uh, gasoline in a container like that and she started doing her you know bless you brother I know but bless you I'm on assignment from the Lord finally said yes ma'am you know what here put the gas in there I'd rather take care of the law than God all right so she goes back to her car she's carrying her gas and she goes back to her car she's pouring it into her gas uh, her uh, uh, her gas tank and as she's pouring the gas into her gas tank two old country boys ride by One of them looks at the other and says, Bubba, did you see that? Bubba said, yeah, I did. He said, now, Bubba, that's faith right there. (laughs) Now, some of you are going to wake up tonight and get that, all right? Okay, car doesn't run on urine, all right, here we go, never mind. There we go. Hallowed be thy name. You ready? Come on, let's say this part. You ready? Your will be done. Come on, let's do it. Your will be done. Have your way, God. Come on, one more time. You ready? Your will be done. Have your way, God. Have your way. That's what we're saying. Number two is learn to be content. Learn to be content. Paul breaks this down for us as to how to be content. So I want to take this passage in Philippians 4 and 10 through 13. I want to expound on it just a little bit. So follow with me in this. Paul says this, I have learned, would you circle that word learned? Come on, circle that. I have learned to be satisfied with the things that I have and with everything that happens. Now let me just stop right there. First lesson is this, contentment is not natural. Do you agree with that? That's why we're so easily targeted with advertisement, Right? That's why when you, get the, when you get the sales paper in the mailbox or it comes across your television screen or your computer screen or you're driving down the interstate and you see this person sitting beside this nice, beautiful Ford F-150 Lariat pickup truck. Can you tell what I'm liking right now? Okay. So anyway, you see him standing beside it and then I start thinking about my old 2004 Envoy. See where I'm living at right now, okay? (laughs) Everything in me says, you know what? I need that. I deserve that. 
I'd look better. I'd make Rhonda a better husband if I was driving that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's discontent, right? Do you agree with that? We are born, so here's what I want you to know. Mature people learn to be content. Not just in purchases, but in life. Listen, if you've been married, married to someone for 10 years, and they like to talk a lot, and you don't like to talk that much, and you've been praying to God that they stop talking, let me tell you something, they're not going to stop talking. <laughs> you married it, you married Don't, you're wasting your, learn to be content, say yes. My dad said that's the great advantage is having hearing aids. He said, well, he, he just turned his hearing aid right down, they just keep on talking. He goes, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know it. Learn to be content. It's maturity, it's being content. With people in our lives, right? I mean, the moment, you, remember we said you can't change anybody? We have to remind people occasionally, right? But you can't change them. He goes on to say this. I know how to live when I am poor. I know how to live when I have plenty. I have learned, there it is again, the secret of being what? Happy. How are you happy? Here's a secret. You ready for this? Acceptance. I have to accept the things that I cannot change. I've got to accept it. We know the serenity prayer, right? God, give me the wisdom, Lord. Help me to know. Lord, help me to, help me to know the, the things that I can change. And, give me the, and then, Lord, help me know the things I can't change. And give me the wisdom to know the difference, right? Because the things that I can change, you know, if you don't change it, then you're stupid. You're nuts. You know, a person prays, oh, God, give me a job, give me a job. And they don't go out and fill out an application. That person's nuts. No, the things that you can change, you change, but the things that you can't, people you can't change, situations you can't change, you can't change those. So there comes a time where you've got to just accept this is what's going on in my life, and here's where I am, and there's nothing I can do about this. Maybe you're going through a financial dilemma right now. You got laid off. It was not your fault. There was nothing that you could do. And listen, you're just in that right now. You've got to accept this is where I am, but I'm not going to be here forever. This is the way it is. It is what it is, right? The last thing I would tell you in this verse that he's talking to us about is that I have learned the secret of being happy at any time and everything happens. I can do all things through Christ because it gives me strength. The last thing I would just say before we leave this verse is that if you're going to get better, you've got to let go of the wanting to know why. See, there's some things happen to you in your life that you don't understand why it happened and you can't move on your relationship with God or you can't remove on your relationship with your husband or your wife or your friend. You know why? Because you keep saying, why, why, why? Somebody has wronged you. They said, I'm sorry for wronging you. And guess what? That's not good enough because you want to know why. And you can't let it go because you don't know why. Here's what I want you to know. Either you've got to let go of wanting to know why or you've got to let them go because you're going to go nuts. Why, 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 why did this happen? Why did they do that? Why did they say that? God, why did you do this? And here's what I want you to know. Some of you are ticked off at God, and you're not saying I'm mad at you, God, but you're saying why. Really what you want to say, God, is I'm mad at you, Lord, because I went through that divorce. 
I'm mad at God. Why did that happen? What you're really saying, God, it's your fault. Why did you let that happen? And here's what I want you to know. If God explained to you everything that was going on, you wouldn't understand it anyways. Because, you know, listen, something, something happened in, in 1879, and God said it's going to be finished in 2050, so you're just in the middle of the process. And if God took the time to explain that to you, you wouldn't understand it. You're just part of his plan. And when we get to heaven one day, we're going to sit back and watch a big video. That's why eternity is going to be a long time, because God's going to say, now you see, that started way back then, and here's what happened to you. Here was your part of it, and see the outcome of that? It was all good. See, it all worked together for good. Don't you understand? Now look at that. We're going to go, yay, God, you're God. Thank you for not answering my prayer, and thank you for not striking me dead because I was pestering you about it. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this next step. It's on your connection card. It simply is this. It says, I will let go of the need to know why. Would you check that box so I can pray for you? Because that's going to take some spiritual power to do that in your life. All right, let's say it again. You ready? The phrase, your will be done, and let's do have your way, God. You ready? Come on, let's do it together. Here we go. Your will be done, have your way, God. Come on, one more time. You ready? Your will be done, have your way, God. That's what we want, have your way. This is what we're talking about, the Lord's Prayer. Number three is this, is lay down my plans. Lay down my plans. Now, this is about to mess you up because it's messed me up. Jesus goes right at the heart of, of life. This is what he says. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 25, for whoever wants to save their life will what? Will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will what? They will find it. Now watch this. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet what? Forfeit their soul. Would you circle that statement? Forfeit their soul. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What is he saying? Jesus is saying this. Is that when you live your life only for you, when you just live it for you, you are actually dying, not living. <clears throat> Selfish people are starved to death on the inside. You can have everything that the world has to offer. And that's what he's saying, gaining the whole world. But if you don't have relationships, and if you don't learn to serve other people, then you're going to be miserable and wretched. And listen, when you die, if you're that person, it's all about you. When you die, I can tell you what your funeral is going to look like. You're going to have five people that are sitting out there while your casket's here, and then we're going to have to, they're going to have to make up stuff to say about you. But on the other hand, if you're a person that learns to give your life away, look what the, look what the next passage is. I'm about to get ahead of myself. In 1 John 3.16, it says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to what? Lay down what? Our lives for our brothers and sisters. What does that mean? That means this. Laying down your life is this. It doesn't mean, okay, well, instead of them shooting you, then I'm going to let them shoot me dead, and you're going to die. No, 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 no. What, mean laying down, what it means by saying laying down your life, it means that you're willing to be inconvenienced for other people. It means that you're willing to say, okay, uh, my plan is this, I want to do this, and, but I'm willing to lay down my plans to be inconvenienced by someone else. For example, we have uh, uh, some people here, some volunteers here, that lay down their life every week for about an hour and a half to be a part of our Good News Club at the elementary school.
You see what I'm saying? Like they could be doing many other things, but they choose to lay down their life for an hour and a half and go help somebody else. And because of that, we had a young lady this week come up to one of our workers there, and she said, you know what? She said, my stepmom doesn't believe in God, and so we can't pray at our house anymore, so I can't talk to God, and I'm scared because I want to talk to God. And so our, our worker said, listen, you know, because she laid down her life, she was right there in God's hands, and she said, listen, I want you to know that you can pray when you go wash your hands. You can pray when you go to bed. You can pray when you get up in the morning. You can pray anytime you want to. Why? Because this lady had laid down her life to go serve other people. God had it right in place, and that little girl is going to grow up and knowing that there's a God in heaven and that Jesus hears the winner pray, no matter what her stepmother says or a teacher says or a brother says, that Jesus loves her and he died for her and he's there for a while because someone laid down their life they laid down their life when you lay down what you want to do you know listen God, listen life is more than a golf score it's more than a shopping trip it's more than our kids being the star athlete it's more than that laying down our life We've got about uh, 30 kids at the middle school that are being mentored now by people like you. Some of you are mentors in this room. You know why? Because it's amazing. They take their lunch hour. They all come in with little bags of sack lunches. It's amazing. Like they're going, to, they're going to school too. And they sit down at that table and have their lunch with a student. What are they doing? Oh, I'm sure they'd rather go out to eat with someone else or do something else, but they're laying down their life in order that they may give life. And when you lay down your life, you get life. Isn't that amazing? So on the back of your connection card, if you'd like to be one of those mentors or whatever, you can just check the box to get information. Also, man, if the, you know, and on our weekends... Uh, at the last week in the month, we have a ministry that goes downtown to the homeless on a Saturday. You know, maybe you're off and you want to go with them. Lay down your life to go help someone else and God will fill you up. He'll fill you up. We got our carnival coming up next Sunday. Why don't you take the, out of your program an invite? Go invite someone to come to church with you and, and come to our carnival afterwards. We, that's why we do this, so that you can lay down. You've you got to go out of your way to invite someone. You've got to lay down your life. I'll be inconvenienced to do this. And it changes life. You find life. You find life. In Luke 12 and 31, it says, God will always give you all you need from day to day if you make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Now here's the next step. It says, I will go out of my way to help someone this week. Will you do that? Will you lay down your life some, sometime this week for somebody else? Maybe somebody outside of your family. Maybe it's just simple. It's just opening a door for somebody. Lay down your life. Okay, let's say it one more time. You ready? Your will be done. Have your way, God. Here we go. You ready? Your will be done. Have your way, God. It takes us to number four. Would you write this down? Leaving the future to God. Leaving the future to God. I'm going to skip Proverbs 5 and 6. It's there for you to read for time's sake. But I want to go to our memory verse. And that is Hebrews 5 and 6. It says this. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with what? 
confidence, what do we say? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Now, I want to, I want to share something with you. Last week, I asked you to write down some praises, some things that God has done for you in your life. What I'm about to read to you is not what God did in Africa. It's not what God did in China. Not what God's doing in Russia. It's what God is doing in the body of SEC, Stockbridge Community Church. And here's what God is doing. The, the reason you can trust God is because He's done these things. This is what you said He's done. Listen to this. It says this. God has blessed us with a third child. God has brought us to a good school. God has strengthened my faith and my marriage. God has led my daughter to Christ last Sunday. That's why church is important. Her daughter come to Christ. God has brought my husband to church with me. God has delivered our grandchildren to us. God has given me a new joy and a love for my husband and children. God has brought my son back from a dead life of drug abuse to a life in Christ. Hallelujah! Amen? God has brought me closer to Him through this church. God has healed me from cancer. Amen. God gave my sister hope after her husband died. God has protected my family and myself from the devil. God sold our home and helped us to find a new home and a new church family. God brought me out of depression. God has blessed us with a baby. God gave my husband a great job. God provided a new house for our family. God has taken away my stress. God has improved my health and repaired our finances through financial peace. God has healed me and saved my son. God has, has helped us survive a car wreck this week. God has helped me to get into the school I wanted. God saved my son. God blessed our business. God has changed my daughter's heart. God has saved my job and my marriage. God has helped me with my finances. God has healed me from my past hurts and pains. God has put my family back together. God brought me to SCC and renewed my faith. God helped me stop drinking. What you couldn't do, what AA couldn't do, what nothing else could do. God did it. Would you stand with me? Come on, I got a couple more. God walked with me through cancer treatment. God has put my, his son, my son and his wife's marriage back together. Listen to this. And God gave me a church family and helped clean my life of toxic relationships. I'm telling you that our God is good. He's still on the throne. He's still alive and well. Amen? And so we want to give our all to Him. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, there's a prayer inside of your program. You can read that prayer. If you mean it in your heart, I ask you just check it on the back of your connection card that we can pray for you. Online, if you pray that prayer, I want you to just email me that I can send you some information. Listen, today we said this. Remember what we said? He said, we said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What did we say? 
Have your way. Come on, let's say it again. You ready? Have your way, God. Come on, one more time. Have your way, God. One more time. You ready? Have your way, God. Now, what I want you to do is we sing this song. I know those hands are really easy to go in your pockets, and it really is easy to put on the back of the chair, but I want you to, you know, we won't think you're going crazy enough to just raise those hands just a little bit. As we sing this song, and we say, God, have your way as a way of surrendering to Jesus. Come on, let's sing this together. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes one at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.